Friends, welcome to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. John Eldridge here this week. John Eldridge by himself (laughs) in the studio. I don't know quite why that happened or how that happened, but it's been a busy season here uh, at Ransomed Heart, as I'm sure it is for all of you out there with just, you know, things to get done and projects to button up and Christmas preparation to do. And and so here I am um, wanting to bring to you some thoughts on navigating Christmas week, navigating the holidays. And I want to begin by saying, I love Christmas. I love everything about it. I, I am a sucker for beauty, romance, magic, memories, family, um, oh my goodness, like, and then toss in the holy into the mix of that, and, and uh, I, I, I love it. I love the holidays. I, I love this time of year. I love, I love everything about it. I love the beauty. Um, everybody, you know, has got their lights up and their house is decorated, and um, I love that. I, I love the music. I love Christmas carols. I love the lyrics of some of the favorite kind of classic Christmas carols. Until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. I mean, come on. It's, um, it's fantastic. And I love the season as well because it tends to be a reflective time of year uh, for a lot of people. I know it is for me and for Stace because as you come into the uh, closing of the calendar year kind of gives you a chance to look back on the year. And some of us at least get a few days off around Christmas. So um, there's just a lot of good around it. But it's also a time of year that raises a lot of um, emotion and a lot of, I think, expectations and, to be honest, unspoken agreements that unless we pay attention to those things, unless we shepherd our hearts through the holidays, we we might get T-boned in this. We we might we might get we might get in an emotional accident and not really know why or where that came from. So this week, as we prepare to go into Christmas and Christmas Eve and all that this means, I wanted to just maybe offer a little fatherly counsel. The first thing has to do with expectations. And Stace and I uh, talked a little bit about that last week, but you want to be, just be aware as you go into the week, as you approach Christmas Eve, services that maybe you go to or are a part of, um, gatherings uh, perhaps that you're a part of and, and into Christmas Day itself and and especially the day after. <laughs> be aware of your expectations because I can feel it. Like I'm already there. I feel them. We're in the rotation now that we have married adult children. Our three sons are all married. And so you have to get in the rotation. Who gets Thanksgiving? Who gets Christmas? Um, and you trade off with the in-laws. At least that's how we're doing it. And um I thought my sons were brilliant and their wives to collude to get on the same calendar with each other. So we did not have anyone for Thanksgiving this year. We do get all the kids for Christmas. And so 
coming into it, I'm just, I'm already aware of expectations. And in a bizarre way, at the same time of expectations, I'm already aware of agreements that I'm making. Like, it's not going to live up to it, you know. It's, it's not going to be what I want it to be. Like, whoa, whoa, time out. Like, catch yourself. Catch those. Because if you don't shepherd your heart through this, and you start saying those things to yourself, well, guess what? Like, they tend to be self-fulfilling prophecies. So, you know, you're headed over to Uncle Earl's this year, and, and you know what that's like, and you know what the scene is, and you know who's going to drink too much, and you know who's going to have the, you know, political comments and and you've got to be really careful that yes of course be prepared but just be aware of agreements that you might be making around your expectations this year uh, toward Christmas and and shepherding your heart means breaking those agreements right inviting Christ in and and saying wait 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 hang on I'm not going to set this up for for disappointment or for tension, or on the other side, some of you perpetual optimists, you know, this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year, you know, where where our family finally comes together, and and we get to share Christ with our family. And you know, maybe, maybe, but but be careful with your expectations. As we were saying last week, name them. Just be very conscious, name them, and be aware of the agreements that are coming in. And here's why. What I really want to talk about is what to do with longing. For some reason, and, and I actually think God is in it, Christmas time evokes an enormous amount of longing for people. Whatever your situation, single, married, separated, divorced, children, no children, friends, no friends, whatever, working, time off. I don't, I don't care. Like Christmas still has the capacity to evoke profound longings in us. And that is very good. That's very good if you know what's happening and if you know what to do with them. So I, I have a little confession, and this is going to sound... This is going to sound really bizarre. I have total empathy for Imelda Marcos and her shoe fetish. Now, for those of you who missed the story, back in the 80s, uh, Ferdinand and Imelda were the, quote, president of uh, the Philippines, more like dictator, and they were eventually run out of the country. And one of the reasons was the Marcoses lived a rather lavish lifestyle, uh, bankrolled by the state, of course, while their people went about hungry and barefoot in the streets. And after the ousting, one of the things was discovered, there was a rumor that Imelda had this shoe fetish. Um, But man, reality proved stranger than fiction, like it always does. We're talking warehouses. We're talking somewhere, reports vary, but somewhere between 1,000 and 7,000 pairs of designer shoes that Imelda hoarded. Um, I mean, we're talking gorgeous, beautiful shoes from the best salons in Europe, and, and she had thousands of pairs. Now, the thing is, if you wore them once— and threw them away. You couldn't. You couldn't wear all those 
in a, in a year, in 10 years. I, I love it. I love it. It's so bizarre. It's so kinky. But our fetishes are a really fascinating window into the human heart. I think Imelda was looking for the kingdom of God. I mean, I think what you see there is you see this, this profound longing for newness and beauty and happiness. Come on, like Cinderella will tell you, right? One shoe can change your life. I think Imelda was looking for the ruby slippers. I think she was looking for that transcendent thing that eludes all of us. And in her case, she just had the money and the time and the warehouses to indulge a longing that every human being knows. Like, we want magic. We want transcendence. We want beauty. We want goodness. We want to be filled. Oh, how we want to be filled. And that is beautiful, by the way. Most people end up feeling pretty ashamed by the level of their longings. But the secret is you have a heart for the kingdom of God. That's what Imelda was looking for, I think. She was looking for the kingdom of God. You have a heart for happiness. You have a heart for joy. You have a heart for connection. You have a heart for magic and romance and just everything to sparkle. Come on, we all have this. And the holidays have this capacity through the music and the decorations and other people's stories you know, watching their feed on Facebook or their Twitter account, their Instagram. And, you know, there's all these stories of connection and intimacy and God. And and then, you know, if you're fortunate to attend a good church, you've got the holiness and the presence of Jesus and the celebration. Yes, it evokes longing. And that is fantastic. It really is. Let it come so long as you handle it well, so long as you shepherd your heart's longings through that. And and it looks like two very simple things. It looks like I bless what is here. Jesus, come into all that's not. Yes, there are tastes of it. We've been planning a holiday dinner um, for our family this week, and I've been looking forward to it for weeks now. And I've got to be very careful with the expectations I put on it. Like, I bless what's there. But if it doesn't turn out to be all that you hope, Jesus, come into what's not. Like, if, if you can just be aware, you have a heart for the kingdom. And that gorgeous, wonderful, longing heart is going to be deeply affected by the holidays, either through a sense of profound longing or, if you're not careful, cynicism, resignation, envy, I'm sorry to say, resentment, right? If you don't shepherd it well, right? We all want the ruby slippers. Come on, we all want happily ever after. And, and that's a beautiful part of the holidays. And I think, I think God's in the center of those longings, and I think he wants to meet us there. I bless what is here. I, I bless what there is available. And Jesus, come into all that isn't. This will be our first Christmas without Craig. And um, we've got the Ransomed Heart Christmas party that we need to celebrate without Craig this year. And his family has their first Christmas and, and all that that means. And 
you know, we're not the only one with a story like that this year. Um, everyone has their loss, um, their struggles, their health issues, the disappointments. And if we can just be kind with all that, if we can bless the goodness that is available, and if we can invite Christ into what isn't available, into the emptiness, into the loneliness, I think he can really meet you there. I think I think he can find you in those longings. Henry Nouwen has this um, very poignant, but I think very beautiful quote that goes like this. Our life is a short time in expectation, a time in which sadness and joy kiss each other at every moment. There is a quality of sadness that pervades all the moments of our lives. It seems that there's no such thing as clear-cut, pure joy, but that even in the most happy moments of our existence, we sense a tinge of sadness. In every satisfaction, there's an awareness of limitations. In every success, there is the fear of jealousy. Behind every smile, there is a tear. In every embrace, there is loneliness. In every friendship, distance. And in all forms of light, there is the knowledge of surrounding darkness. Now, Henry Nouwen was not a pessimist. He's a man who actually had a lot of joy in his life. I am not a pessimist, okay? I love Christmas. I think it's going to be a great week, and we're going to pray together in a moment that it's going to be a great week. But if we can just be aware of the limitations that come into gatherings and even church services and hoping for something really holy with Jesus on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, if we just be aware of the limitations, then we can bless what's there. Like, I bless it. I bless the partial. And we can invite Jesus into the rest. Like, come into what's missing. Come into what's not here. Come into whatever loss or or disappointment might be uh, part of your week and, and part of your holidays this year. God will meet you there. Like, he wants to meet you there. So, let me end with with this word of counsel. And I think we share this every year. Um, but boy, does it bear repeating. You have to fight for joy. Joy is opposed. Morgan and I were just chatting in my office the other day, and, and he said, joy, joy is the thing that the enemy most likes to steal from us. And so consecrate your joy. Consecrate your holidays. If you get a little time off, consecrate that time off. If you have some gatherings, consecrate those. If you're putting on a service or attending a service, consecrate it to God so that he can, he can more meet you there. Um, as we consecrate things to Jesus, as we bring them under his rule in prayer, as we dedicate them to him, they become more available for his blessing. And so, man, are you kidding me? Something like a birthday, an anniversary, a vacation, a job promotion, you know, whatever joy is yours, man, consecrate it. And so I've been trying to consecrate the holidays and their approach and and consecrating things that I'm looking forward to in them. So consecrating your holidays, fighting for joy. At the same time, I bless the partial. I bless it. I'm okay. Because the confidence that we have, gang, is that your kingdom heart is a gift from God. 
and it is a reminder to you that the kingdom is coming. Like, we're good. We're good. Total happiness is ours. Restoration is ours. Like, all is well. All is well. And it, and it helps us take the pressure off and, and to bless the partial. So let's do that together. Let's, let's consecrate our holidays and, and invite um, Christ in. Jesus, we thank you for this time of year because at its epicenter is your massive intervention. We are stunned by the incarnation. We are stunned by Bethlehem. We are stunned that the Son of a living God would take on flesh, would take on our human experience in order to rescue us. And whatever else, whatever else this Christmas tide is, it's that. And we make that the center again, Jesus. We make it the center again. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming to rescue us. So, Jesus, as your people, we consecrate our hearts to you. In this Christmas season, we consecrate our lives. We consecrate Christmas week. We consecrate the holidays themselves. We consecrate afterwards. Everything you're personally doing, friends, you want to consecrate to him. We bring it all under your loving rule, the gatherings or the lack of gathering, the services, the worship, the feasting, or the lack of it. Lord, we consecrate it to you every bit, and we bring it all into your loving rule, and we ask you to meet us there. Help us to richly enjoy what there is to enjoy, and come and meet us in all that is not here, Lord, in, in everything that falls a little short, um, in the sadness that some will have to face this time of year. Come and meet us there. Come and meet us, Lord. You, you gave each of us this kingdom heart, and we bless our kingdom hearts. We bless them. We pray to give our kingdom hearts to your kingdom. We give our kingdom hearts where they belong, and we ask you to meet us and shepherd us and fill us. Jesus, if, if there are some expectations that we need to be aware of this week, or if there are some resignations or some agreements, I ask you to make us aware of them. Jesus, show me, show each of us the expectations, show us the agreements, shepherd our hearts, Lord. Help us, help us bring our hearts back into the shelter of your love. And then we pray for joy. We pray for beauty. We pray for romance. We pray for magic. We pray for goodness. We pray for holiness. We pray that you would fill this time here at the end of the year, your birthday, fill this time in our lives with a rich, rich encounter with your presence. Come and meet us. Come and heal us. Come and bless us, Jesus. We look for you. Give us eyes to see you this week. We look for you. In your name we pray. 
friends. You've been listening to the Ransom Tart Podcast. John Eldridge, <laughs> flying solo this week uh, here on Christmas week. Just wishing every one of you a very Merry Christmas from your friends here at Ransomed Heart. We, we just love doing this uh, Christian journey with you and so grateful for your friendship, your love, your prayers, the cards you've been sending in, your gifts and support to us here at the end of the year. Thank you so much for that. That's going to help us meet our uh, needs and our budget so we can continue the mission just in every way. Thank you and Merry Christmas.